This episode of Mollyful Answers is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. You have an investing style. TD Ameritrade has a mobile app to match it. Check out TD Ameritrade Mobile and Think or Swim Mobile to find the one that's right for you. This is Mollyful Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined as always by Bert. Bro camp. I've already called you that one, haven't I? You're running out because there are only so many things you can do. Personal finance expert here at the Motley Fool. Hello, bro. Well, hi. In this week's episode, well, it's been a doozy of a week for everyone as investors and countries try to deal with the spread of the coronavirus. So, joining us in studio to help make sense of the headlines is Bill Mann. Hi, Bill. How are you? Analyst at Motley Fool here. All right, all that and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. So, bro, what's up? Well, we're going to talk about stocks a little later. They're not up. But I will tell you <laughs> what is up because something else is down. As the stock market goes down, often people flee to the bond market, driving bond prices up, driving rates down. So, the 10 year Treasury, as of this taping on Friday, so a few days before this episode comes live, the 10 year Treasury is at 1.15%, an all time low. 30 year Treasury, 1.66%, another all time low. We've never seen rates this low. So, when rates go down, the prices of existing bonds go up. So, the Vanguard Total Bond Market ETF, the ETF that I own a little bit of, is actually up 3.5% this year, doing its job, going up as stocks go down. Over the past year, the bond market is up almost 11%. If you asked anyone a year ago if they would expect expected 11% from the bond market, they would have said no. But that's where we are. What does this mean for your personal finances? Well, first of all, mortgage rates are also down. So, the 30-year mortgage right now, the rate on 30-year mortgage, according to Freddie Mac, 3.45%, only a little bit above the all-time low of 3.3% wow. from 2012. Amazing. So, just giving it away. Just yeah. giving it away. So, Come get a house! Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, that's good. Now, what this also means is probably what's going to happen is at some point the Fed's going to cut rates. So it was just a few weeks ago when Fed Chair Jerome Powell was saying, we're pretty comfortable with rates are this year, don't expect anything. Now the markets are predicting with about a 98% chance of certainty that there'll be at least one rate cut and maybe three this year. Whoa. Yes. And what that will do. <laughs> Bill's like, and Bill's like I, he's holding he's he's ready to to pull the trigger I, on saying something. I'm I, how much is that gonna help, Bill? I, I'm a very simple bear, right? <laughs> and maybe I'm just not maybe I'm just not creative enough to think about this, but ultimately Markets are dropping, and the ten-year, which is a great fear gauge, maybe even better than the VIX, is is skyrocketing. What good is a rate cut going to do when you're talking about a health scare? Is it going to make people less afraid? This isn't a financial crisis, right? And, that, and I don't have the answer to that. Part of it is psychological. When you t- read the articles of people saying the Fed shouldn't even wait until the March meeting, they should cut now. It's just to reassure folks. That they're on top of it, practically on top, speaking, whatever that means. Whatever it means. <laughs> whatever it means. Does a quarter great cut? Does a quarter point come with a mask? <laughs> <laughs> like, like we're doing things, okay? We're doing stuff. Just like get off our back. We're very busy. Actions are happening. They're just running around, just right. running around, waving their arms. Well, practically speaking, what this means is, to the extent that you can earn anything on your cash, which is not very much, it's going to go down. So. <laughs> what you can do now, and I think is probably worth considering, is buy a one or two year CD to 
get today's lock in today's low rates before they go lower because that's what's going to happen. Um, but so yeah, so I don't know. Like that's the the one thing that occurs to me is that those are going to go down. Also, loans, other types of loans will be cheaper. It might be mean it's a better time to borrow to buy a car. Uh, might mean that you you'll can't get a talk little, to people. That's true. That's true. Just stay in the car. Don't get out of it ever. <laughs> Just beep your horn until someone brings you another car. <laughs> Hopefully, credit card rates will go down. We talked last week about how much the 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 level of credit card debt is at an all time high. The average rate now is between seventeen and twenty one percent. Maybe that'll go down and be helpful. But for the most part, I agree with you. There's only so much the Fed can do at this point. And that, by the way, is what's up. This episode of Motley Fool Answers is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. You know that feeling when you actually wake up early and hit the gym? Get the same sense of satisfaction when you roll over your old 401k with TD Ameritrade. Their team of rollover specialists help handle the hassle. They'll even call your old provider. Get up to $600 when you roll over your old 401k into an IRA. Visit tdameritrade.com rollover to learn about retirement plan alternatives and offer conditions and restrictions. Rough week in the world and on Wall Street, uh, I think, uh, to put it lightly. And so we thought we would have Bill Mann come in. He's an analyst in Motley Fool. He's been an analyst with Motley Fool for a while now. 633 with years. 633 years. Yeah. Which must be the same because Bill and I started on the exact same day. Oh, no way. Yes. I yeah. didn't know that. The yeah. exact same anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was either. One of the greatest days in full history, <laughs> or the worst. Did anyone else start with you guys? Rich McCaffrey, who is no yeah. longer here. Yeah, who was a great guy yes, and a great, great analyst, guy. and yeah. I, I miss him ter- terribly. He went to Morningstar and then Leg Mason. I don't know. Is he, yeah. is he still alive? <laughs> hey, Rich, how you doing? <laughs> That's terrible. I think, I think <laughs> he's doing great. It's obvious we want to talk about anything other than the stock market this week. So, so let's talk more about Rich. I mean, he looks like. I don't know. What was his favorite color? What did he like to eat? Lovely wife. Anyway, so, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, woof. It was a rough week for Wall Street and the global markets. And as of today, I believe the Dow has dropped for seven straight days. But who's counting? Yeah. And so, there's been a lot of crazy headlines out there. So, Bill's brought us in to help us dissect the headlines and hopefully feel better about ourselves going into the. Actually, this today is Friday. For our listeners, it's Tuesday. Yeah. So, the market can't drop tomorrow. No. Yeah. So that, but for us, but for our listeners, it can. Yeah. Who even knows what's going on in the world when they're listening to this? Like, I don't know. Maybe they're living off of like tin can food and like stockpiling guns. I don't know what's going on this coming Tuesday. It's going to be chaos. Maybe. All right. No, it's not. It's all going to be fine. All right. So, Bill, thank you for joining us today. Should we open up the newspapers and see? Yeah, you actually should. <laughs> well, I think this is one of those situations. There's there's something that I, I always find so interesting. Like our leaders and you know, and journalists, it you know, to be responsible for most crises, what they want to do is they don't want to make people panic, right? But at some point, you don't want people to underestimate what's happening either. And there's this interesting inflection. And I think that's what happened this week. You know, they, we went from, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's the flu. It's not as bad as any of the other things that turned out not to matter that you had to remind yourself. This actually is worse. Yeah. So, well, let's look at the top of the Wall Street Journal this morning, this morning being Friday in our yeah. world. So, the headline, the big headline was stocks on track for biggest weekly losses since... 
2008. 2008. Oh, 2008 was the worst. That was the worst. Bill, take us back. Yeah, I yeah, and it was the worst. I mean, it's been the quickest that that we have moved from a, you know, from a, a top into a correction in history. Which is a 10% drop, A 10% right? drop. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think those sort of, you know, demarcations are silly, but yeah. they exist, so let's, you know, let's 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 use one. You know, a couple of weeks prior to this, and you know, actually, to me, I mean, we talk about we talk about coronavirus as it, as it is an epidemic or a pandemic, but we also have to think of it as being an economic incidence. And the economic incidence in this case is going to be worse than the actual disease will turn out to be. Like you know, I think for most situations, you want to just kind of shrug and say, "I don't know what's going to happen." But what is going to happen is that fairly heroic measures are going to have to be taken to stop the to stop the spread of the disease, and that's going to hit su- supply chains everywhere. Right, right, because it's like it's the efforts to keep to keep it from spreading that's what's hitting the economy. It's not the actual impact of so many people being sick. It's right. us trying to keep it contained. That's yeah. what's doing it. Um, so I think you either said on one of the other shows, or maybe you just said it aloud. Hey, there are no the other ether. shows out there. This there is the go. show. The lesser <laughs> shows. The lesser shows. Um, I think you had commented that you were kind of surprised that it took so long for the stock market to react. Why is that? Well, I think it goes back to how people are primed to not panic. And I think that that is, you know, that's really the case in the midst of a bull market. I mean, good news tends to be overemphasized. Bad news tends to be uh, hand-waved away maybe a little bit until it becomes self-evident that it really is bad and impactful. Um, China was already locked down in the middle of February. I mean, Mm -hmm. factories were closed and... The market was still hitting all-time highs, and I just had to ask myself, "What's going on here?" Because in 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 other times, really, really small events have made the markets react very sharply. Uh, but in this case, you know the the country where you know that is literally the center of global manufacturing was closed for business, and we're like, "Well, hope seems okay." Yeah, right. Oh, it's a whole it's a whole town where ever, like not even a town, a city of millions of people are yeah. told you really can't leave it's your a house. Sen- yeah, it's essentially the country. I mean, you know, we get reports from from Beijing, from Shanghai where traffic right now is 3% what it usually is. You know, these are, you know, these are word of mouth reports, but you know, the eyes on the streets are saying that it's it you know that the country is ground to a halt. And you know, just to highlight how impactful this can be. Uh, Dun and Bradstreet did a study and showed that of the Fortune 1000 countries companies worldwide, about 163 have a tier one relationship with Chinese suppliers, which mm. means that Chinese suppliers directly supply things to them. But nearly all of them, 938, have a second level relationship with China and with a with a with a supplier. So any type of interruption of the supply chain will really, really impact companies that we might not even be able to or that we would think about. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's start by talking about the sectors here, the ones that are going to be hard hit the most. And so uh, we can head over to CNN, who's saying that the global travel industry may not recover for years. And so initially, <laughs> we initially we looked Come and we on. saw, well, I mean, we saw like, you know, a cruise ship quarantined in Japan, right? Yeah. We see the people waving from their balconies, um, and the initial headlines were like, "Oh, the cruise industry is really going to take a hit," as if we're like, "Oh no, my portfolio, the cruise industry, right?" Yeah. I've got. Oh, I'm so overexposed there. This is gonna be bad. Um, but then people were like, "Oh, wait a second. Oh, I'll travel. We, I should maybe I shouldn't even go on a plane. I shouldn't go on a vacation." And now companies are telling their employees, "Cancel all your business trips. You're not flying anywhere." Yeah, Apple just uh, canceled a conference. Microsoft has canceled a conference, and these are conferences that were happening in April and in May. Uh, so yeah, it is it is deeply impacting the travel industry. Uh, to go back to China, and I understand at this point, and gosh, by Tuesday maybe these th- you know these points are completely pointless because it's already in fifty six countries. Chinese travelers made one hundred and fifty million overseas trips in twenty nineteen, and right now. It's functionally zero. Yeah. Now, most in most things, when it goes from 150 million to zero, that seems bad. Uh, so, the travel industry is being impacted in really amazing, you know, in really really harsh ways. And if you think about if you think about that versus take Apple for example, if you can't get an iPhone right now because of a supply issue, you're gonna get it when you know when you know when the supply becomes available. But a trip. You know, that's not something that's just going to get, you know, get reconsumed later. It's just simply not happening. So any company that has, uh, you know, a lot of debt and a lot of leverage in, you know, in in any different ways is that you know, is in a lot of risk right now. And travel is probably at the top of the heap. Yeah. Are there any other sectors that you're like, Lily, they're going to be in trouble? Uh, you know, um, Price of oil has yeah plummeted. Yeah, absolutely the, plummeted. the the oil manufacturers. I mean, I don't think I would be. I you know the luxury industry. You know, simply because they are some. You know, where where do they count on most of their growth coming from? From China, from the Middle East. You know, those types of those types of companies uh, are going to feel uh, the pinch. But then any any company you know like the pharmaceutical industry all of the all of the basic ingredients for pharmaceuticals have tended to be made uh, in China and in Asia now I mean just the basic materials hmm. and if those are unavailable I mean that is you know that's a big 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 problem yeah. All right. Well, what about let's talk more about some individual companies here. So CNBC today had the headline: Apple is now down more than twenty percent from its record, making it among the hardest hit Dow stocks. <laughs> um, and so Apple and Microsoft are among yeah. the most prominent businesses that have warned that supply chains disruptions could uh, slow sales. What's funny though is if you actually look at Apple's chart, like so it's like okay, we're okay, two hundred and seventy bucks. Got Thank it. you. That's where we were in December. Exactly. <laughs> so. First of all, everyone just take a deep breath, right? Like it's yeah. so easy to get wound up, and and I, I kind of feel like in the last what we were doing, we were just now getting people wound up. Just keep in mind that Apple and Microsoft. And companies like that are coming down a lot because they have had unbelievable 
runs in their share prices. Apple has essentially doubled over the last year. And that's hard to do when you started as a six hundred billion dollar yeah, company. Yeah. Right. So any type of any type of disruption for Apple, there was no bad news that was priced in. So just I mean, yes, it's a fact that Apple's dropped 20%, but this is not this is not a crisis. You're back to where you were in December. So thank you for, thank for putting you. it You're that way. You're welcome. <laughs> Although I am a little bummed to see Disney is also down 20%, but I guess that's because people aren't going to be going to the parks, except for the Southwicks are. Yeah, the man, we're going the, to Disney World in three weeks. The mans are on our way, too, in April. Are so, you really? Yeah, so what I'm saying is Shorter that, lines is what yes, you have to look for. That's good. That's also good. But the way we tend to go there, like, just buy Disney now because we're leaving all of our money. Right. right. They, need, they need to go before Disney gets the man and Southwick pop. That's right. <laughs> They're going to talk about us in their earnings That's report. Right. They're going to be, thankfully, thankfully, we recovered from the coronavirus because of the man's The, the Virginia Southwick. effect. <laughs> it's true. You're welcome, Disney. Um yeah, I mean, I guess they're taking a hit because they think people aren't gonna go. I, I mean, I don't know. It's so, it's so, it's it's tough because there's, there's the idea of um, people wanting to be let. People say like, catch a falling knife, and and ooh, I got some money on the slot on the side. I'm gonna take advantage of it because Disney's now on sale or stuff like that. And so yeah. these are these are the moments where some people I think feel like they're quite clever for you know catching yes. getting a stock when it's like. It takes a little bit of a haircut, as they say. Yeah. Um, I think Andrew Leggett, over, uh, he's one of our analysts over at Australia, he posted on Twitter, Good news, the correction you've been holding cash for is here. Bad news, the market is still higher than a lot of the time you spent waiting for it to come. That's so true. I think you need to re- do that again, but in an Australian accent. Oh, God. <laughs> good, good news. Good news. Good news. <laughs> correction you've been holding cash for is here. No, I can't do an Australian that was accent. Actually, that was pretty good. That was so actually bad. Pretty, that was actually super good. So bad. Well, and, 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 and yeah. He's exactly right. If you are waiting for corrections, if you're waiting, you know, you tend to leave a lot of money on the table. And but there are certain things that are true. It's that you tend to make money when the emotions in the market are at their extremes. And so uh, this morning, as I was recording this, so on Friday, you know, I just tweeted, you know, if you want to feel a little bit better, find a company that you have always wanted to own and buy just a little bit of it. Right, like, and I'm not saying that news isn't going to be worse on Monday in the market. Might 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 not be down again, but it is a pretty good opportunity to own some of those things that you've always wanted to own, and it'll make you feel better. Right, right. Well, on the flip side, there's also I imagine a lot of people are thinking I should invest in, and we're seeing it. They are. I should invest in whoever makes Lysol. I should yeah. be investing in whoever makes face masks, right? There's these, so there's this idea of there's an opportunity, but it's a short-term opportunity. Whereas a more foolish investor is thinking there's an opportunity for me to buy Disney at twenty percent less than I would have bought it yesterday, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's an, it's all about your time frame. And those things, those, those things tend to not work out very well. Like when a thesis like that just becomes completely obvious to you, <laughs> right? Then. <laughs> Oh, you're so smart. You're no so one smart. thought of oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Face masks. <laughs> yeah, we actually, uh, you know, one of the services that I, that I run is an international service, and we own a company called Top Glove. Mm. And Top Glove makes about a quarter of the world's medical and food prep 
disposable gloves. And one of the things that we thought about when we were buying it is that at some point, and we didn't think of the coronavirus, but this was going to, it's an inevitable thing that food safety, food prep, you know, better, uh, better hygiene is going to be used in, you know, in lots of markets because most of their consumption was here. So that I mean, I guess we're smart too. I don't right. know. Like, well, yeah. it's funny. A Bloomberg reporter contacted me yesterday, or maybe it's two days ago, um, and he contacts me every now and then when a stock pops, and he thinks that maybe it's because we recommended it. And so, and usually he's right. Usually he contacts me and he's like, "Do you, do you know why this stock did this today?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we recommended That's it." Right. Yep. Yeah. But this time he contacts me and he's like, "Hey, Teladoc popped today, um, which is right. Teladoc. It's like a remote." A doctor, you can chat with a doctor and yeah. have a doctor, right? So, um, did you guys recommend it? And so I go and I look and I'm like, well, yeah, like several months ago, a long yeah. time ago, I'm like, that's just a coronavirus bump. Like, that's why that, but it's still not it's a exact. bad stock to invest in. I think no, it's a good in fact, trend. yeah, and there's certain companies that you know that we love. I mean, Zoom is one of them. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Zoom Electronics, the Chinese technology company with the ticker ZOOM? I, I do love this story. It's gone up about a hundred percent. It's doubled because people have confused oh, it with Zoom. Zoom Communications, <laughs> which is <laughs> ticker Z. Yeah. Oh no, that may work out badly. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not a prognosticator, but that may work out. Right, right. Well, it's just funny because like Netflix is doing what like people are like, well, Netflix is going to do well because of the coronavirus. Peloton's going to do well because of the coronavirus. And it's like, for how long? Slack. Yeah. Yeah. And and some will. I mean, one of the things that you need to keep in mind is that is that once this crisis ends, I guess I can call it a crisis. Okay, let's let's let, let's call it a crisis. Once it ends, yeah, yeah. there's going to be some scar tissue, and there are there are going to be habits that are changed. And really, Teladoc is in a perfect place for people to try it out because maybe they're a little bit nervous, and then to say, "I really like that service. It is really easy, and I get yeah. good medical advice." You know. It's much better than me just Googling symptoms, I guess. That never works out well. And, you know, I don't have to go into the doctor. I mean, it's it, it, it's really great. And so maybe it will be this will be something. In fact, it will definitely be something that causes people to change some habits. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's head over to Market Watch and their headline. Major bank economist says the coronavirus market reaction quote, boggles the mind, by which they mean Tom Porcelli, chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital Markets. He's scratching his head not only at the market's reaction, but also at speculation that the Fed could lower interest rates as a result. My head, my memory's fuzzy, but this seems like a much, much bigger reaction than we had to SARS, to Ebola, to Burp. This feels like the biggest reaction we've ever had in my lifetime. Definitely. Why? Ah. I mean, I think that you know, I think that uh, Tom Percelli is 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 onto something. Just because the reaction came so quickly, it was you know people were ignoring it for a long period of time, and then suddenly like ah, you know, mm-hmm. so everybody reacted at once. Um, but it's definitely this is definitely a much bigger global risk than any of those things were because it started in China, because it was allowed to get out of control. In China, before they tried to lock it down, uh, and because we're much more globally interconnected now than we were even a decade ago. Yeah. So, I, I, I understand the reaction, but it is weird. 
It's, it, yeah, it seems unprecedented. From the Financial Times, uh, they interviewed a guy, uh, just some financial guy, don't worry about it. I'm not even going to bother saying. <laughs> this one's an easier one to say. Financial I know, but it just worst. goes on forever. It's like Patrick Kaiser, portfolio manager the for Brandywine but- Global Investment Manager. I don't know even know who they are, but his quote was fantastic because it was like, <laughs> there is fear in the streets. No one wants to have exposure over the weekend, which is just like whatever. I just, it's when I read articles like this in the Financial Times, I'm reminded about just what it means to be a foolish investor and the rest of Wall Street, I'm, the rest of the world. I'm willing to guess that if we looked at Brandywine Global Investment Management's books at Friday, at today at the close, they're going to own some things. Probably they did not completely sell. They didn't. Out. They yeah. didn't listen to. They didn't listen to their own guy. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great quote. It's so overstated. Fear in the streets. There's fear in the streets. Uh, yeah, there there are. And it's, you know, again, just breathe. You know, there's things like this. And this isn't, you know, we are in an extreme event. And the thing, you know, where I will agree with him just a little bit is that unlike any financial crisis, a healthcare crisis doesn't take the weekend off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe he's making that point in a somewhat extreme way. Um, but it you know this too also will actually pass and so the fear that we feel is real the risks are real so don't you know don't just arm wave them away but ultimately you know the world economy and our great businesses are way way stronger than this yeah uh, it can feel kind of icky some of the articles out there right now because they'll be like stocks to own to take advantage of the coronavirus right like some of the articles just make you people are dying here's what you buy people are dying right people are dying these are the stocks to own while people are dying and so i feel kind of icky in some ways talking about where investing in the coronavirus um kind of comes together uh and hits our wallets, but I guess really we're talking about protecting our wealth. So, in closing, what's your general advice to people here? And what are you doing? I've had cash on the sideline for a while, simply because the market I felt like the market was fairly expensive, and so I hadn't been selling things. As, you know, I've been putting money in and just holding it in cash. So I actually have been. I started deploying just a little bit, and again, companies that I haven't owned because I thought that they were expensive, that I thought it would be a good idea to get a little bit of exposure to at a at a cheaper price. So uh, mainly, I'm doing nothing, but I'm also looking to take advantage. Of not of death because that's terrible, but of other people's reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. But generally speaking, we're all going to be okay. Is that right? Tell me, I'm going to tell me we're going to be okay in Disney World. It's going to be great. Stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from the haunted house. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) The haunted mansion. Otherwise, you're going to be fine. Okay, thank you. Bill Mann, thank you so much again for joining us. I'm so glad to have been invited. I, you guys do such a great job. Well, thank, thank you. You, it's you all, have to it's say that when you're sitting across the table at us, but thank you. Yeah, I walk out of here and I'm like, one star. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I mean, it's such, like... It's such an engaging show, and I have a friend... I have, I have a friend from Michigan who had had, like, kind of financial issues, but he's now, like... You know, he's like 45 and he's like getting ready to get started. And, I, and he's like, what do I do so I can? I was like, you got to start with answers. 
mean, it really did. Like, you know, come and, you know, start listening to this show and it'll, it'll, it'll teach you how you should think about your money. Oh, thanks, man. Well, thank you, Bill. You want to give a shout out to your buddy? <laughs> Did not. That'll, that'll test you. Well, they're, oh, by name. Oh, I guess they'll know if you're talking about them. Yeah, no, <laughs> Unless yeah, you have a ton of friends that, that meet not, that. Yeah, that's right. Well, he, you know, got out of bankruptcy, uh, you know, a couple, <laughs> couple bad choices, three wives. <laughs> That thing down in Mexico that he doesn't like to talk <laughs> right. about. But, yeah. After know. the third wife, he just uh, decided he'd shorten things up and buy a woman he didn't like a house. <laughs> <laughs> right, isn't that the old joke? Rather than get married again, I'll just buy some, meet a woman I don't like and buy her a house. Classic. Nice. So good. Well, that's the show. <laughs> and with interest rates so low, why not buy her a house? Get the train. All right, the show is edited... Contagiously. Contagiously by Rick Engdahl. For Robert Brokamp, <laughs> I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody.